So uh, our sponsors, MeccaBooks.com. If you want to get good books, you go to MeccaBooks. Uh, your place for traditional knowledge. If you need a tutor for your kid, elementary school, high school, college, SAT, LSAT, GRE, every possible exam that, that, that exists, right, in the English language, that this company can pull it up for you and can teach you and tutor you, it is professors1to1.com, right, professors1to1.com. And then our own operation, myarcview.org, where you're going to start taking classes. And inshallah, we are re, re up on the live classes. There's, there's virtual, which is live online. And then there are classes that are essentially pre-recorded, right? And those classes, you have over 60 now. It's unbelievable. You could literally get all your basics from this. And our scholarship track class has a long aqidah class. A long fiqh of sirah, not sirah, fiqh of sirah, which means the wisdoms extracted from the sirah. That was, must have been, that was through the whole COVID we did that, right? And then hikam of Ibn Ata'illah is there, all on the scholarship track. So you get those and you study just all day. Take all these different classes. All right, today let's go to our topic, Laylat al-Qadr. Laylat al-Qadr. And we talked about the names of Laylat al-Qadr, and we said that in, in Arabic, anything that has a lot of names, the names are all the descriptions of it. So we talked about that. Now, what about, what else do we do with Laylat al-Qadr? Okay, why it was called that? And we said that the destinies are executed, begins to get executed on Laylat al-Qadr, your destiny for the next year on Laylat al-Qadr. Believe it or not, this, uh, this building actually, it was Laylat al-Qadr when this building that when the guy answered 27 yeah it was later al Qadr, right it was amazing that's why this 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 building has uh there's a baraka that's going on here right there's a baraka that's going on here because and and we have to ask allah ta'ala to make us worthy of it by keeping us uh on his sharia with humility and sincerity but here we are one year later in a room which we never imagined. Like Ryan started coming to Itzarawi had MBIC one year ago, right? We, this was something that, if someone had showed you this room, what would you think? You're like, I've never been this place. Yeah. You have never even imagined it, right? Mm. But here it is, Allah created it. Yeah. I was walking a couple years ago and I was walking in my backyard around sunset and I looked through the window of the kitchen and the, my, my three kids were sitting there in the kitchen. I thought to myself, SubhanAllah, if someone had shown me this picture of this house, this backyard and this image with those three little kids sitting there I, 10 years ago, I'd be like, I have no clue who these people are, <laughs> right? SubhanAllah. You just never know where the future's taking us. It's, it's amazing. And that's why Taslim is so important. Taslim. Let things happen the way they, the way they go. Don't force your own agenda. Allah's agenda is going to be better than yours. All right. So now let's go to, from the meanings of, um, from the, from the, Fada'il. What is better? Laylat al-Qadr or Laylat al-Isra' wal-Mi'raj? Which is greater? All right. The scholars say, night of Isra' and Mi'raj for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is better and Laylat al-Qadr for the Ummah is better. Others have said, wait a second, what do you do in Laylat al-Qadr? Salah, right? 
Well, where was Salah revealed? So therefore, later to this Qadr builds upon Isra and Mi'raj and you can't compare and contrast. Of course, we always also, they bring up of the greatest nights must have been the birth of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because everything builds upon him. Even the revelation builds upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we, if you go by, based upon that things build upon one another, then you can't even really compare and contrast, right? Because there are prerequisites. The prerequisite of us even having a Quran is the existence of the Prophet Sallallahu Okay? Of course, Quran is Kalam Allah, but it was revealed to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that's his revelation. It would not have been revealed to anybody else. So comparing and contrasting is almost... Uh, not not the, the right way to go about it, but the right way to go about it is to look at how they relate to each other. So Isra and Mi'raj, that's where we got Salah. What do we do in Laylatul Qadr? Salah. Okay. Now, what are the signs of Laylatul Qadr? Or sorry, sorry. Tahdeed uh, Laylatul Qadr. And we talked about this. That it could be any night of Ramadan, but most likely in the last 10, most likely in... Uh, um, the odd nights and most likely in the 27th but it can change every year it's mutanaqil it's not a date because if it was a calendar date we wouldn't have to look for it now what are the signs of Laylatul Qadr sun comes up like a circle like a perfect circle there's, there's no rays around it that's what you gotta wait for so you're gonna pray Fajr and you're going to wait to see the sunrise. You're going to look in the easterly horizon and you're going to see if the sun is rising like a perfect circle. Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sabihatu laylatil qadri tatlu'u shamsu la shu'a'a laha ka'annaha tist hatta tirtafi'a as if it's a disc. Perfect disc. All right? Until it rises up. This is in Sahih Muslim. So when we're going out and looking at what the sun looks like the next day, this is a correct action based on the sunnah. And the reasons the scholar said, there's so many angels coming up and down that they've altered the nature of the air at that time. And so the rays of the sun are not apparent they've altered the nature of the of the uh of the space so that the rays of the sun they don't they're not apparent yatlu al qamar the 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 moon is clearly sighted on abi hurairah radiyallahu anhu tadhakarna laylat al qadr 'inda rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we talked about Laylatul Qadr with the Messenger, peace be upon him. Sahih Muslim, this is. Right? That the moon is clear on that day. The moon is not clouded out either. Okay. And on that time, uh, the at that time when they were talking about Laylatul Qadr, the moon was like a half moon, like a perfectly half moon. Alright, again, we have a hadith from Ibn Khuzayma who has a sahih. Ibn Khuzayma is one of the scholars that has a sahih. Now, why don't you hear about it? Because three-fourths of it is lost. 
Sahih ibn Khuzayma is lost. That's why, otherwise, it would be right up there with Bukhari and Muslim. Okay. In terms that it is a strong, sound book, and he gathered, he went on the minhaj of only Sahih hadiths, which, by the way, is not the minhaj of all the scholars. That's only the minhaj of a few scholars because the Hassan hadith and even the Da'if hadith have a value. Hassan hadith, we don't throw them aside, and, and Da'if hadith, we also don't throw them aside. Because Da'if, if the Da'af in it is light, we use it in extra good deeds, especially if there are multiple routes of such a weak, light weakness, then we it, it becomes Hassan li-ghayrihi. They strengthen each other to become Hassan. Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Layla, taliqa, la harra wa la barida. It's a clear night, not hot nor cold, nor cool. Tasbah ash-shamsu yawmaha hamra da'ifa. The, the sun comes up red, right? And weak. In other words, not a blazing sun. It's, its heat is light. It's not very hot. That's from Ibn Khuzayma. Okay. Tabrani narrates from a senate. إِنَّهَا لَيْلَةْ بَلِجَ أَيْ مُنِيرَ مُضِيئَ لَا حَارَّ وَلَا بَارِدَ He says, it's a night that is cool, clear skies, neither hot nor cold. لا يرمى فيها بنجم أي لا ترى فيها الشهب التي ترسل على الشياطين You will not see shooting stars on that night. The shooting stars are sometimes considered things, it's as if something is being thrown at a, a shaytan. So all of this is what we're looking at. But some people have said it's not a condition that all of these things be present. For example, in the winter time, it's going to be cold, right? Is there a night that so relative? It's relative coolness. If you're if you're going from a hot climate to a cold climate, you may not know the difference between cold and really cold. So, for example, if we go up to Minnesota, what's cold for them, uh, for us, is not that cold for them. So there is some relativity there. So that's basically the ten B that they're giving here. Is that give a ten B that it's not does it always have to be exactly? It could be close to this that that would be alamat laylatul qadr allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never tells us about something except he gives us the signs of that thing because what what else would be the point for example allah says in the quran be with the pious be with the sincere and he tells the prophets and allah talks about us about mu'mineen munafiqeen from the mu'mineen, there's another class of awliya. So how could Allah tell us about all these things and us not know? Because all this stuff is in your heart. Your iman is in your heart. Your piety is between you and Allah. How would we know these things? So Allah gives us signs. And we have to know the signs so that we can know this person, he's living like a wali. The, the way he's living, this is the life of the awliya. The way this person is behaving, he's got the signs of a hypocrite. The way this person is behaving, he's got the signs of iman. At the very least, I could say he has the signs of iman. He attends masajid. He keeps his wudu. Okay. He's ashamed of his sins. There's the signs of iman right there. He loves the, uh, uh, the ansar. Loving the ansar and loving Sayyidina Ali is one of the signs of iman, according to Sahih Muslim. Okay. So what are some signs that are not signs? That dogs don't bark. This is like, I guess, things that spread around 
at an early era, uh, but are not true. Dogs don't bark. That's not a sign. That trees, uh, that trees bend on this day. It's not a sign. That the ocean water, the ocean is calm and its water is sweet. Of course, that's not a sign. That uh, you will hear salam from the angels. Not necessarily a sign. Right? You're hearing a salam alaykum, salam alaykum. Right? It's not necessarily a sign. Okay? That donkeys will not bray on that night. Also not a sign. Okay? And Laylatul Qadr can be seen with the eye. And it could be known. How do we know Laylatul Qadr? This is a good epistemological question. What is the way that we can know Laylatul Qadr? See the signs of it with your eyes, number one. Because the Prophet gave us physical signs. Number two, in dreams. We have many, there are many, many sound narrations from the Salaf that they had visions that Laylatul Qadr was the night before. So the the vision of the righteous person about Laylatul Qadr is a source of knowledge if that person is trustworthy and if they have fiqh, like they know what they're talking about. They know deen, they're educated in the deen. دلت على ذلك الأخبار الصحيحة والآثار المتواترة. متواتر. So many claim, uh, statements of the Salaf about this. بالشعور والإحساس الصادق. When a righteous Muslim, righteous, we're not saying he's the uh, biggest wali in the, in the town. We're simply saying a righteous Muslim has an ihsas of sakina and that his ibadah was moving tonight. There is peace between the people tonight. All of that has also can be a sign of Laylatul Qadr. Okay. And some people may see physically those who are uh, whose spirituality is developed and their and their nur of, in their heart is developed. They can see a nur in in the space in the building. They see a nur in the building and or or in the in the, wherever they are at, and that is a sign of Laylatul Qadr as well. They see its lights. Yeah. So this is all uh, statements about how we know Laylatul Qadr. Okay. And we call this al wujdan spiritual findings which that which wedged is to find something but which dan and it also means an extreme ecstatic love which dan is almost like spiritual experience so it is a source of knowing um laylatul qadr we don't deny that okay allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifests signs to some of his servants subhanallah the tajalli of allah is a big deal when a Muslim gets a sign from Allah, that is a big deal. It's not something light to be taken. It's a big deal. SubhanAllah. And he comes, he, he gives tajalli. The tajalli of Allah can be in many ways. One of them can simply be directly in his heart. Okay. But we have shuruts for that. We have preconditions because otherwise it can get fuzzy and hazy. And the preconditions of that is that that person is, is righteous is knowledgeable in the deen and does not have a tr- and is trustworthy. In other words, he doesn't have a track record of like tall tales and stuff. 
and saying things that are 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 wild. He has a track record for being someone could be relied upon. Okay. And this is something even uh, is rare, but it's something that comes to the those who are very pious. Okay. Um, Noahi says, okay, whoever has signs like that, he only he keeps it to himself unless those around him are trustworthy. That means if you are receive some kind of a vision or some kind of a tajalli that this is Laylat al-Qadr, then he said, keep that to yourself except those who trust you and will not give you hasad for you nor laugh at you. Okay, this is what Imam al Nawawi says. Because it's a karama. The asl, the asl of karamas is that you keep it to yourself. That's the asl. And there has to be a reason why you reveal it. That's this is Imam Nawawi is teaching us how to deal with karamat. Because ujub can come to the person, riya can come to the person, because now, oh, I'm someone who has spiritual unveilings. Okay. And people can envy you, or they may mistreat you. They start treating you like something that, like you got special powers or something. And they mistreat you, and, and you could be led astray by that. Okay. And then people will no longer struggle. They'll say, like, let's just look for a dream. Let's not think about what we have to do. Let's, let's wait for a sign. They don't want to take on responsibility. All right. And then, of course, Hasid and Ness. And also, uh, visions, you need to be experienced in visions to know what is from shaitan, what is from nafs, and what is from Allah. That comes by experience. What is the wisdom of hiding it? Is to put in a great effort in the last 10 nights. That's why Allah hid it. See, the thing is, the, the great wisdom in hiding it is that you got to start working at on the first night, second night, third night. Well, whatever night you're going to hit, you will have gained some momentum, right? Whereas if somebody told you it's on the 28th tonight, this year, you'll be lazy until the 28th, but you'll get up rusty. You see, you're going to be rusty. Because you hadn't done anything yet. But if it was, let's say it's the 26th and Allah hit it, you don't know, maybe the 21st. So you get up. You put effort 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th. By the time the 26th is coming, you're rolling, right? Whatever it is, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, you're rolling, okay? And, and you've got momentum now, so you're going to do better. So when Allah hides something, it's because you're, you're going to get more hasanat. Someone once told me, he asked me, Someone told me a, a situation where they did have a dream, and in this dream, they the the meaning of a dream was that they're they're doing something that causes their du'a not to be answered, right? That was the the interpretation of the sheikh. So this person said, "Why doesn't Allah just tell me what it is, right? Why why could put me on this like this this hunt? Well, number one, when you hunt for something, you gain so much more than just what you're getting." You ever have to have to look for an, uh, a piece of paper in a in a big stack? You take it apart. What do you, what what ends up happening? Oh, I discovered five other things that I was looking for too, right? 
So by hiding something, you end up doing so much more than just attaining that one thing. All right. So by hiding it also, it makes you think, like, what could I have possibly done? And then you review everything. And then when you discover it, it's your discovery. You feel like you have the ownership over it. Like it's my, I discovered that, you know, this thing was missing or uh, in my life or that I was doing this thing uh, wrong. That's the idea of why it's important, uh, the, the wisdom of Allah hiding something. Okay. Now what's mashru'a regarding Laylatul Qadr? Tahriha wal timasuha. Searching for it. It is mashru'a. Mashru'a means it's part of our deen, it's part of our law to search for Laylatul Qadr. We don't just say, ah, uh, who knows where Laylatul Qadr is? If I hit it, I hit it, if I don't, no. No, every night to look for Laylatul Qadr. To pray uh, uh, Qiyam, of course, Taraweeh in Laylatul Qadr, and much dua, much dua on Laylatul Qadr. Qultu ya Rasulullah, Sayyidah Aisha said, O Masjid of Allah, Ara'ayta in alimta ayya Laylatul Qadri ma aqulu fiha. O Masjid of Allah, if I was to know what night is Laylatul Qadr, what should I say in it? Qala, quli Allahumma innaka afuwun, if you have to ask for one thing, you ask for pardon. But the word afu, it doesn't mean just pardoning. It also means protection. Okay? And that's a hadith of At-Tirmidhi. But you may make dua in anything that comes to your mind. But you mingle that every once in a while with it. Uh, in some of them, in some of them, they say, karim, That's an addition of the people. It's not from the Prophet's hadith. So if you want to go with the Prophet's hadith, Okay. With, on that night, Qiyam, it's what's special on that night is to pray with the Imam until he's finished. This is not necessarily the case on other nights, right? But there's something special on that night to pray with the imam until that imam is finished. Okay. What if I don't know if it's Laylatul Qadr? Do I still get the reward? You, 100%. It does not matter. If the windows of dua are open, it doesn't matter if you're cognizant of it or not. And that's why they say, be very careful what you say because you may say it in an hour of ijabah. Okay, and that's literally one of the theories of of why Egypt was, was destroyed spiritually uh, or physically is because people always have this word on their tongue, which is "Oh, may Allah destroy your house." They literally say it all the time, right? All the time, even jokingly, not jokingly, right? Uh, may Allah destroy your house. May Allah destroy your house. So, if you have eighty million people, everybody says this. At least, I don't know, I, I, I think they still say it till now. Definitely when I was young and I was going there, everyone's five, six, seven, eight, nine times a day, this will come off of a person's tongue. And you have 80 million person population. And you have Sa'at al-Ijaba happening all the time, Fridays, Wednesdays, Ramadan, you know, Thursday nights, last third of the night. If everyone's saying this all the time, maybe that's why the country's destroyed, right? And if you tell them this, they'll laugh at you. That double confirms because they're not taking seriously what Allah says. 
that when the do- get doors of heaven are open, what you utter at that point is what you're going to receive. قال الشافعي استحب أن يكون اجتهاده في يومها كاجتهادها في ليلتها. So what is mustahab? If you catch Laylatul Qadr, then to put the same effort in the day of Laylatul Qadr. So the day of Laylatul Qadr comes after the night. In terms of the moon, the day, the night comes first and the day follows. So as Shafi said, it is recommended that you follow up the day with the same effort that you did at the night. Laylatul Qadri turadu liddin la liddunya wa kathir min al-awam yatamanna law yalam laylatul qadri yatuba biha dunyahum fa yatubina mahiru Man kana yuridu hartha al-akhirah nizdlahu fi hartha wa man kana yuridu hartha al-dunya yati minha wa ma'ruf al-akhirah nasib There is a statement here by one of the scholars but um I don't think that this scholar is correct in this. He says that you should not make du'a for any matters of the dunya. That's not correct. You should not limit your du'a to only the dunya. Your du'a should always be for akhirah first, for deen first, and then your matters of the dunya. And if your matters of the dunya are connected to your relationship with Allah, then that's all good too. In other words, that if I I ask Allah for this, when he grants it, I'm going to be full of gratitude I'm going to uh, have more love for my creator because Allah himself said, love Allah for the good things that he's given you. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with asking for matters of dunya, provided that you have a, you have preceded it with matters of akhirah first. Okay. Matters of the akhirah must, must come first. All right. That's pretty much the summary of Laylatul Qadr. So let's turn now to the stream and let's see what everyone has to say. And also to the YouTube channel. Okay. To see what's going on and how everyone's doing. Okay. All right. On YouTube. Oh, we got a lot of people commenting on YouTube. Noah. Cat fight. I wonder if you guys heard the cat fight. I mean, it was really bad. SubhanAllah. It was really bad. We got a lot of people here. H. Baz, Harris Amin, Halima too. R2D2, Sirfraz Mansouri, Aisha Mukhtar. Okay. We have, hey, Ryan, Madal Amin from Sweden, your homeland. Suhaib Umran, what's the preferred title for the Messenger Sallallahu when sending salah on him? Sayyidina, Habibna, Mawlana, Kullu Khair. All of it's good. All of that is good. Junaid, do we interpret these signs as religiously meaningful only in Ramadan? Yes. These few signs that we just talked about, the way this, the moon, the, the night is, the way the sun comes out, yes, that is only in Ramadan for Laylatul Qadr. Okay. We are told that as kids that animals are quiet, particularly dogs. Yeah, that's not necessarily the case. It's not like necessarily. Uh... Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's see our our Instagrammers. Wasim. 
Zenem, Zishas, Eldarak. All right, let's see what kind of questions. Now, as we go into the question and answer, remember who our sponsors are. Uh, Mecca Books, Professors One-to-One, and MyArcView.org. All right, Enem says, or Anam, which I think is Inam, right? Is rain sign of Laylat al-Qadr? No, it's, the sky should be clear on Laylat al-Qadr. Sky is, one of the signs is the clarity of the sky on Laylat al-Qadr. Hbaz, in dua, matters of akhirah come first. That's correct. How about the dua that starts with asking for goodness in dunya? Adina fi dunya hasana fil akhirati hasana waqina adhab al-nar. No, we're not saying as a shart. It's not a precondition or an obligation. It simply can be a matter of that your priorities should be your deen first. Whether or not you word it that way, but your priority should be akhirah and deen first. All right, what else we got here? Oops. Ryan? Um, someone asked, is the Fajr part of Laylatul Qadr or does it end at Fajr time? Yeah, Laylatul Qadr ends up with the Adhan of Fajr. Yeah, Laylatul Qadr ends with the Adhan of Fajr. And I think at this point, people's suhoor should be limited now. You don't want to waste a lot of time in suhoor anymore. Is there more khair in performing Umrah in Ramadan? Umrah in Ramadan is like Hajj in terms of its weight. We have a lot of friends going to, to Hajj. In terms of the weight of Umrah, it's like Hajj. I mean, may Allah give us a true vision and let us reach Laylatul Qadr. I want to know if Ihya Ulum al-Din by al-Ghazali comes into the heading of fiqh. No, it's not fiqh. It's tasawwuf. If you want women's fiqh, you need to go to specifically to the works of fiqh based on the madhab. And we could help you with that in terms of classes, and we have classes on this. If you want women's fiqh, you should take Hala um, Amr's class. You should take Hala Amr's class on Arcview. Rain in a dream. We can't always say, but... Um, uh, we can't always say if rain is always good in a dream. We have to look at the other signs in a dream, the other symbols in a dream. Um, Maham says, should we get you guys a fan? No, alhamdulillah, we're going to get the AC is going to come in here. The fan will probably make some noise during the live stream. But we're going to go old style today and fan ourselves today. But we will be getting an AC unit, alhamdulillah, in this studio. By the way, you guys have not seen the studio. This is pretty. The studio is pretty. We got wooden floors. We got some brick. There's gold drapes, chandeliers all the way across, and gorgeous carpets. Like, we have some gorgeous carpets. We got to actually, you know what? Let me just actually show them what our studio looks like. Just, it's just going to be the Instagram. I'm just going to turn the camera around. I'm just going to turn the camera around. see a bunch of wires but here this is our studio Brian you want to introduce the Instagrams Yo. There, there's your guy yes. that's where he works right this is our studio is this a gorgeous studio right that is a gorgeous studio right and 
This is also where our seminary is going to start up. The pre-pilot program is going to be here. That's inshallah ta'ala. That's going to be our, our pre-pilot program where we have three shiu who are going to teach here, inshallah. So isn't that, that is an awesome, uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, pre-pilot program with Nassar. So Ryan, you don't know, well, you haven't met Nassar yet. Uh, okay, Nassar is really, um, he's solid. He comes on BSC or no? He used to, but he's imam now at Carteret. Hey, Ryan, do you mind getting up and, because uh, yeah. I went sorry to bother you. How do you deal with hesitation, postponing to do a good deed out of fear of not having 100% pure, pure intentions? You got to tell yourself, Shaitan is winning when you're not doing good deeds. If you're not doing a good deed, Shaitan is winning. That's all he wants you to do. This is one of the tricks of Shaitan. That's why knowledge is really good. Knowledge is so important in that it teaches us that the idea of waiting for my intention to be 100% pure is one of the tricks of shaitan to get you not to do the deed. Okay. Manar says, what are the sunnahs we should practice on Eid? Well, the first thing that you should practice on Eid is, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a whole talk on that, but night before Eid is one of the nights of Ijabah. Ijabah al-Dua is, is the night before Eid too. Many people forget, they, they, they miss out on this. They work so hard all the way um, the last 10 nights and then they just because of jahl, ignorance they let go of the Laylatul Eid Laylatul Eid is one of the nights in which your dua is answered so you should make sure that you take advantage of that uh, other sunnahs of Eid Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha they have different sunnahs Eid al-Fitr the sunnah is to eat before Eid because you know it's haram to fast the two Eids but specifically, Eid al-Fitr, Eid of Ramadan, is to eat before you go off for Salah. Secondly, is to wear your best clothes to take a shower and to go from one avenue to go and, le and come back from another avenue and to visit people and to, uh, of course, you have to have paid your Zakat al-Fitr before Salat al-Eid too. That's an obligation, not a sunnah. Is there any khair in performing Umrah in Ramadan? And yeah, we mentioned that. Is Sa'at al-Ijabah an hour long? Caitlin asks. Not necessarily. It could be. It's just Sa'at in, uh, in the parlance of the Arabs just meant an expanse of time. It doesn't mean an hour per se, 60 minutes. What are the things we should do and read on Thursday nights? Thursday night is for Salah on the Prophet. There's no doubt about it. Thursday night is for Salah on the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Dua. Dua fihi mustajab. The Dua in it is mustajab. It's answered Dua. Tayyib Zaman, I agree with you 100%. It is a gorgeous building. Alhamdulillah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's not a... Finally, they got to see Ryan. <laughs> They're saying... What, what you got, Ryan? All right. Um, <clears throat> first, how to distinguish a tajali if you are uncertain because you can be pessimistic. If someone is receives a tajali from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you cannot receive it 
if you have sins in your heart. You will think that it's just a coincidence. Shaitan will easily derail you from it. No, no, your mind's playing games on you. Blah, blah, blah. That's one way. One thing that happens. Another thing that happens is you may want it too much almost. And you're trying to convince yourself that Allah is telling you something that's not true. Then you will find yourself getting like no sakina with that. Right? You'll find that you have no sakina with that. Because you're it's coming from you. It's it's like a uh, imagined thing. So those are the two consequences, right? But if a sakina is true, if a tajalli from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're talking about karamat here. These are major things. If it's true, it comes to the one whose heart has been cleansed of sins. Someone asked, what is tajalli? Tajalli is a, a, Allah gives you a sign from himself, right? Direct sign for you. If the heart has sins in it, it will not receive these tajalliyat. It cannot receive them. So you have to remove sins from your heart as much as you can and polish your heart away. Then when a tajalli from Allah comes, it comes with sakina. But then, if you commit sins again, guess what? Your mind will say, ah, no, that was just a coincidence and my mind was playing games on me and tricks on me. So that's why it's so important to remove sins. What was one of the greatest tajallis of the time of the Bani Israel? Wasn't it David killing Goliath? Right? When David killed Goliath, he threw, he, he did the, you have a 13-year-old boy, 14, 15-year-old 14, boy, okay, however old he was, and he does a slingshot, he swings a slingshot at Goliath, and he hits him between the eyes. That usually doesn't kill a person. To get hit between the eyes like that usually does not kill a person, right? Mike, uh, George Foreman, he had Muhammad Ali like on the ropes, and this was one of the times that Muhammad Ali, his hands dropped, right? His hands dropped, George Foreman caught him, and he gave him an uppercut right there. The distance was like no, no difference than like this. George Foreman is a massive human being, and he uppercuts Muhammad Ali right in the face. Now, on average, on average, common sense would tell you that that is going to be far more of a force on a head than a 15-year-old swinging a slingshot from a long distance away, right or wrong. Because he wasn't, he didn't hit, hit him with a slingshot like that. He swung the slingshot, it went in the air, and then it hit him in the head. So there must have been a distance, let's say, maybe 30 feet, Right? So the rock by itself, it's as, just as Allah says in Surah about Badr, Though that rock would not have killed anybody. It would have hurt, but not killed. So that why, that's why it was a mu'ajizah. It was a miracle for Prophet David that that rock ended up killing him because normally such a rock from a 15-year-old youth will not kill anybody. But it killed Jalut, Goliath. So that's why it was a mu'ajizah. You didn't throw when you threw, but Allah threw. In other words, it means you did a small action. Allah finished the action and made it reach a destination nobody ever imagined. Right? In the same way, just because Sayyidina Dawood did that, the Prophet ﷺ at the Battle of Badr, he picked up some sand, and in imitation of Dawood, he threw some pebbles, pebbles, sorry, not sand, pebbles, towards the Quraysh, and that caused them to be blinded. Now, you can't throw a pebble, a couple pebbles, at an army of a thousand people. It's not going to do anything to them. But it blinded them. It sort of got dust all in their eyes. And that's how the route began. 
So you didn't throw when you threw, but Allah threw. In other words, you threw something of the material, but Allah caused it to reach its end. That was a mu'ajizah, right? That was a miracle. That miracle caused them to be able to rout Goliath's army. But look at the precursors to that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave these Bani Israel a test. You're going to go into a river. You're going to be so hot. You're going to war the next day. Don't drink from the river. All you get is a handful this much. That army, almost everyone from the army was gulping down water. Okay? Until about only a thousand people were left. And the thousand people only, they say like tens of thousands of people in the army, they left because they all drank. And the law was from their prophet, some people say Shamuel was the prophet Samuel. The prophet said at that point, their prophet at that time, he says, anybody who drinks from this river more than a gulp, he has to go back. Because that means you're a sinner, right? You disobeyed. Why? Because the tajalli can only come when the heart is clean. So that's why don't fill your eyes with nonsense and garbage. You're not going to get any tajalli. And don't fill your stomach with food that is doubtful or your pocket with money that's doubtful. You won't get tajalli yet. And any tajalli you get will be probably a trick from Iblis. So then... That army left. Next, The night before the battle, when they got there, half of that group all said, We have, we can't, we have no energy to fight Jalut and his army. So they left. How many remained? 313 people remained. And it is said, and Allah knows best, that that is the exact same number as those who fought at the Battle of Badr. And it is this exact same number as the number of messengers Allah sent to the earth. He sent 124,000 prophets and 313 messengers. Now, keep in mind, in the Ash'ari school of Aqidah, we don't like to say that statement firmly. Why? Because what if there's 315? Then you've excluded two prophets, right? So that's why I said, it has been said. قَدْ قِيل It's been said that it's 313, 313, and 313. Right, that that number is like, and Allah knows best, right? But point being, we have to remove sins from our hearts and fill it with a lot of ibadah, then you will see the generosity of your Lord in different ways. Not always in dreams, not always in visions, in different ways you'll see the generosity of your creator. Ryan, you have a question up there? Yep. Uh, someone from Paris is asking, is it auspicious to die on the 16th of Dhul Hijjah on a Friday? It's, uh, is it auspicious to die at the 16th of Dhul Hijjah on a Friday? It's not about the 16th of Dhul Hijjah. It's about the Friday. It is auspicious. Auspicious meaning special. It's a special thing to die on a Thursday night or on a Friday. Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kishk, one day I should read you guys his biography. Abdul Hamid Kishk was the greatest preacher of the last generation and uh he was a popular preacher who had no institutional support his tapes were spread far and wide to the islamic world solely by people who wanted to sell to give out the tapes right like he had no he didn't have a a, a non-profit he didn't have a business he didn't have a government behind him he didn't have an institution behind him he was just an imam in a government mosque and he got his stipend every month he had a little room next to the mosque him his wife and his daughter that's it very sparsely furnished but he had a special there's something special about him 
he actually died praying the two rakahs before he goes out to Jummah. And he died in sujood. The mosque was filled, waiting for his khutbah. SubhanAllah. Is Laylat al-Qadr the entire night on any of the last 10 nights? Yes, it's the entire night. It's not a window. That's the beauty of Laylat al-Qadr. It's the entire night. It's not a window only. Uh, just the way the last... That was Shahida's uh, question. How does one know if their tawbah is accepted by Allah? There are a couple signs. Number one, the fact that you're making tawbah indicates that Allah wants to forgive your sin. This is the beauty of it. When you make tawbah, don't ever imagine that you're doing, that you're just doing what you want. Yes, you're doing what you want, right? But do you want, do you will what you want? Right? You do what you will. But do you will what you want? So where did the idea of making tawbah come from? So you said, oh, I'm making tawbah. It's my idea. Yeah, but where did the idea come from? So you're making tawbah is in fact a sign that Allah wants to forgive you. And then the sign that you have been forgiven of a sin completely is that you actually, after making tawbah, a lot of of tawbah for it, you actually forgot about it. And it begins by forgetting the details, right? Someone may tell someone there. I know people like this, and I'm sure you know people like this too. They say, I used to always listen to music and hang out at this place and do this. You ask them, Well, what are the details? What, what song would you listen to? It's like, To be honest, I don't know. Well, who would you hang out with? To be honest with you, I don't even remember their names, right? You start forgetting, right, these things, forgetting them. And that's one of the signs that Allah has wiped it completely clear. He's wiped it from your book of deeds, He's wiped it from your memory, He's wiped it from your heart completely. And this sister's name is Ta'wila. So she's definitely an Ashari. Or Ta'wila. Summer space. Can you explain signs Allah is directing you towards dua when it seems unrealistic? The fact that a person is thinking about the power of dua and is getting fiqh, knowledgeable, on the nature of dua. And in the tafsir of Sayyidina Zakaria's dua, we learn in it that a person does not have to have the signs of possibility or the the factors of possibility before they make a dua. Such that if someone is saying, for example, I want to die in Medina, but there's not a single sign that it makes that possible. Like, I don't know anyone in Medina. I don't have the money to go to Medina, right? I don't have a place to live in Medina. How would that ever happen? You don't have to have the signs of that. You could be someone and say, yeah, I want to have five kids one day. Then you're not even married yet. No problem. So the signs or the factors that would cause what we call the asbab did not have to be in place. Sayyidina Zakariyah made a dua when his wife was barren for a child. So the asbab do not have to be in place. Realistic to you is not has no limit on Allah's power. So you're making dua by Allah's power, not by your estimation of what's possible and what's not possible. Caitlin Joham says, when you say Thursday night, do you mean the night before Thursday? No, the night before Friday. So Thursday night, we li- we're literally meaning it in the American, in the English sense of the of the expression. The night before Friday. Laylatul Jum'ah. In Arabic, we call it Laylatul Jum'ah. But in English, we would call it Thursday night. The night before Friday. That means the, the night between Thursday and Friday. All right. As, uh, Shah says... During Ramadan, shaitan is locked. So what about the waswasa during Ramadan? It may be from our nafs. 
we may get what's west from our nafs. How many later to the Qadrs did the Prophet experience in his lifetime? The Prophet fasted twice. Yeah. The Prophet fasted, if I'm not mistaken, uh, three times. Three Ramadans. Sorry. Are there any signs that it is Sa'at al-Ijaba? Allahu alam. If there are any, like let's say it's in the last third of the night or on Friday, if are there signs of Sa'at al-Ijaba? Allah knows best. But they do say that the, 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 the one Sahabi said that Wednesday, Wednesday, between Dhuhr and Asr, he said that when I would pray on Wednesday, I would get an indicator from Allah would give me a sign that my prayer was answered. And I've ex actually experienced that myself a couple times. So that's something unique about um, about uh, Wednesdays. Aisha Shakur says, is it possible for people to enter our dreams purposefully? I believe only some of the major awliya are capable of doing that. And the MBA. Some of the major awliya and MBA, but regular people, I don't know that. I don't, I've never heard that is possible. For them to enter your dreams purposely. What does waswasa means? It means whisperings, like thoughts and bad thoughts that you don't like, and you should just ignore them. Where is your shirt? This shirt is actually from a company by a local brother called Qairawan Caravan, and we have a bunch of them. That we will be selling online too, inshallah. We will be selling it online. Is Thursday night, is it from Maghrib till Fajr Friday? Yes. Oh, that was just, that's a comment, not a question. I don't know if we have small sizes, but this is, but we, but we will be putting them on safinapress.com. By the way, safinapress.com has been fixed. All our bugs, the bug that was there with the app, it was fixed. Alhamdulillah, all the orders have gone out. So you can now use Safina Press without any worries. Safinapress.com is where we sell some of our books, t-shirts, things like that. Shahida says, what if you receive a tajalli regarding a matter and later start to think it's not a tajalli because things didn't move forward? Shahida, I would believe that maybe that that person committed some sins. Or either they misread it, they misunderstood that tajalli, or they committed some sins so they have doubts now. Remember, part of purification of the heart is that you have you believe in Allah's signs. They settle in your heart. If a sign is from Allah, it settles like a piece of cement, not changing, not moving, right? But if we commit sins, we start to say, no, I think my mind was playing tricks on me. I think it was just something else. I just was, maybe I wanted to see it. You'll start saying that if you commit sins. So make tawbah from sins, get onto your ibadah and see if your iman in that tajalli comes back. But also remember, tajalliyat, these tajalliyat are nice things. It's not the way that we make decisions only. It's like the cherry on top, right? It's to give you some confidence, some give you some faith, some hope. But the decisions are ultimately made by istishara and istikhara. Like thinking things through, asking advice, and praying for Allah to give you, to make it clear. All right? Any special supplication to do for the 17th Ramadan, the Battle of Badr? 17th of Ramadan is when the Battle of Badr uh, took place, and it's something that um, uh, sometimes they recite the names of the soldiers, the, the Sahaba at Badr. By the night, what do we mean? 
What do we mean by the night? Maghrib onwards. Maghrib to Fajr. So this question is by Amr. Maghrib to Fajr. Ryan, do you have any questions coming up? Yes. Is it wrong to feel guilty for a sin because you fear that Allah will decrease your risk? No. Is it wrong uh, to, to, to hate my sins just because Allah has said and the Prophet said some of our wealth may be deprived of us because of some sins? No. It's halal to use worldly motivations obey Allah and to be a good believer. It's permissible for us to do that. And the key is knowing that the risk is coming from Allah. That's a sign that's that's why it's accepted because there's iman there. It's coming from Allah. Summer space. If we are inspired for a dua, is it likely that Allah wants to give it to you? The answer is yes. Especially if you stick with it for a long time and you don't give up and you never have faith. That's uh, the scholars that this is the saying of the scholars, not a hadith. When you're inspired to do a dua, it is a, a sign that Allah is preparing for you the answer. Okay, that's one of the said said, Oh Allah, if you had not inspired this for me, if you did not want this for me, you wouldn't have inspired me to stick with this dua. Stick with it. Stick with it. Never give up. Giving up is not a maqam. Sticking with the dua, whether you answer it or not answer it, is a maqam with Allah. It's a rank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But giving up is not a rank. So as long as you're sticking with the dua, whether you get it or not, you're in a position with Allah. You definitely will get something to the point that you will say, all that time was well worth it. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. You will not go empty-handed. It's impossible. That is from Su'id Dhanni Billah, bad opinion of Allah Ta'ala, is to imagine that I'm going to exert myself in ibadah, in dua, in supplicating for this matter, and I'm going to go away empty-handed. That is a bad opinion of Allah that's only caused by ignorance or sins. So you have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain by sticking with your dua. Muna says, if a person makes tawbah and it is accepted, but years later falls into the same sin. Where do we stand? Okay. And how do we reconcile that? That past has been repented for. And this new one has to be repented for. Just like you repented for the past one. You treat it the same way. Is beautifying your voice when leading the prayer. So the congregants enjoy the prayer. Riyah. The answer is no. We have one of the Sahaba. Was it Anas ibn Madik? Was it Abu Huraira? who said he began the prayer, then he noticed the Prophet ﷺ joined the prayer afterwards, so he beautified his salah, his recitation, because the Prophet was there. That is also the proof of the permissibility of thinking about the Prophet in the prayer. Right, As that some uh, may have had a misunderstanding that you can never think of anyone but Allah in the prayer, and of course not. You're always thinking about yourself. You're making du'a for yourself. You're yourself enjoying the recitation. You're making someone else enjoy the recitation. There's nothing wrong with that, right? The Sahabi himself did it for the Messenger, but what's the intent? To genuinely want them to enjoy the Salah or for them to say, I'm wonderful. That's the difference, right? That's the difference. And also, making your Salah dry could also be a form of riyat because it could be a riyat for yourself. Say, I'm going to pray and it's going to be a very dry prayer because I don't have riyat. Well, Saying that you don't have riyah is a form of riyah, right? 
but you you it is there's nothing wrong if a person beautifies his voice in the salah so that the the worshipers benefit and enjoy the problem is if you want something from them do you want something from them do you want them or do you want your reward from allah for that that's the question you have to ask i'm going to beautify this voice so that everyone can have some khushua and the words can touch people's heart now okay at, when you salam out do you want the reward from allah are you content to just go home and nobody says anything to you or do you turn around and expect them to all thank you and and make dua for me and come and shake my hand that's the riyat problem so it's not about the action it's about where do you expect the reward to come from that's the question ryan what are the benefits of saying Ya Ghani, Ya Hamid, Ya Wasi'a, Ya Alim? Ya Ghani, what are the benefits of saying Ya Ghani, Ya Hamid, Ya Wasi'a, Ya Alim? The benefits are your hand becomes loose in charity. The benefits are, subhanAllah, it's, it's uh, all set from a verse. It expels a shaitan from you. Um, so, yes. Uh, off the top of my head, I have to let me let me just remember it. Ya Ghaniyu, Ya Hamid, Ya Wasi'u, Ya Alim. These four these four names, when repeated, you will get a a specific set of uh, of things will come your way. Let me write it. Let me get it. Um, Okay. Here we go. This is beautiful, actually. It's a good review. All right, here it is. Nope, not this one. Wait. Okay. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu anfiqu min tayyibati ma kasabtum. Give out from what you have been granted. All right? So the first thing, you will be generous. Your hand will be loose. وَمِمَّا أَخْرَجَنَا لَكُمْ مِنْ الْأَرْضِ وَلَا تَيَمَّمُ الْخَبِيطَ مِنْهُ وَتُنْفِقُونَ وَلَسْتُمْ بِأَخْذِي إِلَّا أَنْ تُغْمِضُ فِيهِ الشيطان يعدكم الفقر so you will be protected by this dhikr ya ghaniyu ya hamid ya wasiu ya alim from the whisperings of shaitan of poverty the whispering of shaitan of poverty will not come to you anymore if you persist and focus on what these names mean and you say ya ghaniyu ya hamid ya wasiu ya alim yes ya ghani al ghani is the one who has no need allah has no needs he he's he is sufficiently wealthy with himself he has no needs he's hamid he rewards He's, he's, he has all the praiseworthy qualities and he rewards he, okay, with praises those who do good deeds. Al-Wasi'ah, he's vast. Al-Alim, he's knowledgeable. He knows of the ways out that you don't know. Okay, So, the whisperings of shaitan to do uh, foul deeds will be away from you. That you will 
receive wealth and sustenance in your wealth. Wallahu ya'idukum maghfirah min huwa fadla. And you will receive forgiveness. So five things. Your hand will be made loose in, in, in charity. You will be protected from the whisperings of Iblis about poverty, from the whispers of Iblis about sins. Allah will forgive your sins and you will have plenty, more, more than you need. The wealth that you need plus more. But Why? Because in these, when Allah speaks about these five things, the names that he describes himself is at the end of the first verse, this is Surah Al-Baqarah at the end, 267, and and know that Allah is Ghaniyun Hamid. So when, whatever Allah speaks about before mentioning his names, those names, that dhikr of those names is the key to unlocking what came before it. Then the next one is Wallahu minhu fadla, Wallahu alim. And Allah is vast and all-knowing. So therefore, these four names will, will produce for you these five virtues. Caitlin says, can we ask Allah to show us a sign? Yes, you can. Why say Zakaria did so? It's in the Quran. Oh Allah, show me a sign. And essentially, do istikhara. Do istikhara. Right? Istikhara is for Allah to send you a sign. RVD says, what would it mean if after you have given a set number of salah on the Prophet ﷺ, you still don't see him in your dream? It doesn't mean anything. In the sense that it does not mean that your ibad is insincere. It doesn't mean it's unaccepted. It's not a precondition of anything or a condition of anything. So if you want to see the Messenger ﷺ, that is a noble desire. The Sahaba had that even after their death. And they uh, just do more. Read a lot of sirah. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, seen if all we should, if everything we do should be for the sake of Allah is making the intention of worship for Sakina, Ijaba, Tajali appropriate. If everything has to be for the sake of Allah, are we allowed to do ibadah so that we can have Sakina in our hearts or see some Tajaliyat? And the answer is yes, you're allowed that. Sincerity does not mean it's only for Allah. Sincerity what that means is that I only ask my reward from Allah. I am only seeking my reward from Allah. That's what sincerity means. Sincerity does not mean I'm not anything, expecting anything from myself. Sincerity means I'm doing this from Allah and expecting that only He's going to reward me. So to, to, to desire, to leave off, to, to be protected from fears, to desire things that you like are also acceptable as long as you're taking that matter to Allah Himself. Z786, how do I deal with my mom? She ignores me. She's mad at me. Okay. Because of school-related things. My, my brother, who harshly treats my parents, now he wants to be friends with me. So these are many different things. Your mom ignores you, and she's mad at you because of things related to school. Um, I don't know your situation perfectly, but, but based upon what you said, it seems that if you get your school things right, then she shouldn't be mad at you anymore. Since you deduced the reason, now you work it backwards. Do good at school so she won't be mad at you. Now your brother treats your parents harshly and then he tries to be friends with you. You not necessarily have to be friends with your brother and you don't have to be enemies either. But you wouldn't want to upset your parents by having a, a sibling feud. I know sibling feuds always upset the parents. So don't have a sibling feud for the sake of your parents. Shahida Saeed says, I was wondering that if you feel like you've experienced Laylat al-Qadr and share it with your family out of happiness. Yes, you can do that. But 
if it's a matter of something that you saw with your eyes. But if it's a spiritual experience, if it's a dream, if it's a tajalli in like in your heart, then that keep to yourself. Why? But you can't prove that. But the, the sun, you could say, here, I take a picture for you, right? The night, look at the night, it's clear. So the physical signs, you may share that. And it's nothing wrong to say, I just had a feeling it's Laylatul Qadr. Allah knows best. There's nothing wrong to say that. But your visions and anything that's between you and Allah, only tell it to somebody who will understand. Not somebody who will call you crazy, nor envy you, nor start treating you because of their ignorance like you're some holy man. And then you end up in an awkward situation because they're treating you differently than um, you expect to be treated. Can we make dua that Allah makes us awliya of Allah? That's one of the best adaya. One of the best. May I know if it's permissible to go to Hajj and Umrah without a mahram? You make you may make Hajj without a mahram for sure. And in the Hanafi method, if it's a group of women going and a safe group of, of women, then you may go with them too. Uh, I take that direct chain of transmission back to Mufti Niyaz. So if so, in case the Hanafis say that, stop talking about our method. But I'm telling you, I took a direct chain of transmission, uh, if we can say that, from Mufti Niyaz Hanan. Is there in any authentic hadith that tahiyyat was first revealed in uh, uh, Isra and Mi'raj? Let me look that up, what the narrations say. It is very commonly stated that that's the case, but let me look up uh, if there are narrations specifically. All right, Ryan, what you got? Related to Mufti Niaz, um is ArcView suitable for the Hanafites? Yes, we have Hanafi courses on ArcView. We always have Hanafi courses. Summer spaces. My dua is related to marriage, which makes it more complicated. Always, don't forget, in marriage, you can also say, or someone like them. Okay. You can, you can say in marriage, oh Allah, let me marry this person, or someone like them, or someone better than them. Or you could keep it general. Maybe Allah make it someone let me marry someone beautiful to me and to you. Beautiful in Allah's sight, that means the person of taqwa. They're gonna treat you well. And beautiful to you, that means you're gonna love them. So what else could you ask for? Right? How do I deal with my mom? Oh, she said this. Okay, my mom is up mad at me for an extended period of time because of my academics. Professors121.com. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that in there. You need a tutor. Professors121.com. Tell him Shadi sent you. Maybe he'll give you a discount. But my brother is really mean to my parents, which makes me mad. But then he wants to be friends with me. If I ignore him, will I be severing ties? Not necessarily. If you're ignoring him to teach him a lesson, inshallah, should not be severing ties. Can dreams of a death in the family be considered real or from shaitan? How can we differentiate? Dreams are never direct as it is. Very rarely are they direct. It's usually symbolic. It's with a symbol. And the symbols that the dream interpreters, it's like sign language, right? You don't know it. I don't know it. But someone knows it. So I'll know if someone was gesturing a sign language or just moving their hands, right? So likewise, you may just be having a dream about someone, a shaitanic dream about someone. Or you're angry with them. So you saw that they something bad happened to them from your nefs. If it's a true dream, it comes in the form of symbols. We need more dream interpreters in English. There's just not a lot. Now, back to 786. 
you, when you ignore somebody, it's only temporary though. And it's, they should know why you're ignoring them so that you're, it's like your way of teaching them a lesson. Okay. Is it permissible to not look for the physical signs? If there's a risk, you'll become complacent in the nights to follow. Yes. You're not obligated to look for the signs at all. And I ask Allah not to test me through my children. Yes, you may. And ask Allah to guide your children. Right? That's really what you want, right? Yes, and not to test you through your children. No problem with that. Halla White says, Hajj without mahram. It's allowed. What if it's not a group, but only your sister and brother-in-law, please? It's allowed. Yes. Hajj because it's a command of Allah. I don't know about the Hanafi, though. You can ask, Obaid says, uh, where can I ask questions? You can ask questions right here. In the, in the chat. Ryan, what do you got? Um, I, I Someone keeps returning to one sin yep. and they have been making du'a to stop, help them to stop. Um, is that okay? If they feel distressed and Don't, depressed. Okay, someone is addicted to something and they feel distressed and depressed. They can't stop committing the sin. Let me tell you something. You're being taught something here. Through this sin, you're being taught quality of persistence. You have to just keep going. It may take you 20 years. It may. You may be in a state of misery on and off for 20 years. But think about this. The day that, that you succeed and Allah removes that sin from you, you're going to look back and say, I actually, I can do anything now because I know how to wait. I know how to fight through undistasteful experiences for 20 years. So you're being taught something. So just keep going. Your only cardinal rule for you is not to stop. Do not stop making toba after you commit your sins. Just do not stop. All right, let's only take a couple more questions because we went long today. I guess it was a makeup from yesterday. Amuna85 says, trying so hard to have a good assumption of Allah, the world's problems makes it hard. Famine, war, rape. Well, one of the things that you have to realize, that's also from the work of shaitan. Because he only publicizes the bad. Only the bad gets the airwaves. Do you know how much good is also happening in the world? Far more than the bad. Right? So don't let your attention be directed by the news cycles. That all these bad things are happening. Also, all a lot of good things are happening. Right? And what is the bad things that are happening? Famine, war, and rape. What does that have to do with Allah? No one told the human beings to live in those places. No one told them to rape each other. No one told them to kill each other. That's their actions. It's not Allah's actions. Right, so you should remove that has nothing to do with having a good opinion of Allah or a bad opinion. It's human beings. The good opinion of Allah is that He hasn't smited them yet. Right? If it was you or me, we'd have smited these people as soon as you start doing wrong. Boom! If we had the button, we would have deleted these people a long time ago. But it's Allah's rahma. He allows people live. Right? You have free will, free will to do good, free will to do bad. Okay. So um, that's how we, you don't want to always just look at the negative, number one. There's a lot of positive. Why don't you look at that? But number two, the negative is done by human beings. And number three, the fact that Allah has not completely destroyed these people, that's a sign of how, how slow to anger he is. Okay? And how he gives people a chance, a second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Have you actually joined Sunni port or is someone impersonating you? No, I asked a brother to make that, uh, to send that message out for me to tell the, the brothers about that in Sunni port. 
Why does uh, Sunni Port's a website that they had had some questions about certain things, and I answered them there. Abdul says, why does Allah always link shirk with his authority and permission and not impossibility? Mm, are you talking about logical impossibility? Uh, please give me an example, an ayah, for example. Sidra, alhamdulillah. Caitlin Joham says, what's the line between persistence and unrealistic obsession in a certain du'a? I would say the line is self-harm. So, for example, let's say I want to marry so-and-so. Okay, well, so-and-so got married. Well, I, I still have hope that I can marry him. All right, hope as much as you want. All right, now perfectly wonderful guy comes up to me, and I'm going to turn him away. Perfectly wonderful guy comes up to me, number two, and I turn him away. Now my life is being affected. If your life is being affected negatively now, right? I'm passing up opportunities. At that point, if your family is intervening and saying, listen, you're harming yourself, that's really the sign. It's really about self-harm. As long as it's not harmful to you, make du'a all you want, right? If you make du'a, for example, I want to... Uh, maybe one day uh, I want to live in Medina. It's not harming you. Are you are you quitting your job? Are you going hungry? Are you ful not fulfilling your obligations? So you really just got to ask practically, how's this affecting my life? If it's not affecting any of that, then fine. No problem. In the future, I won't be able to pray on time. Is it okay to make all the salats after Maghrib and Isha? It's not okay. And you need to find a way, and you should not put yourself in a position where you know that you can't pray on time. So what's the job, for example? Bus driver? Because you know that these bus drivers, oftentimes they drive within uh, local distance, not traveler's distance. And they're not traveler's distance. And they're... Um, they're driving all day and they can't stop Th from morning through the whole time. Let's say, for example, that's not an excuse. The The five prayers is what we have to fight for. Not an excuse. There's a funny story, actually, of a guy, a British bus driver. He actually stopped the bus. He got in the aisle and he started praying. The people went crazy. Abid Chowdhury, thank you for your dua. May Allah Ta'ala accept from us and you. All right, Kim says, what's your opinion on someone associating with Ahlul Bid'ah because they support group dhikr? Aqeedah is more important than dhikr. Simple. Aqeedah is more important than dhikr. And our association is with the Aqeedah, not with the Tasawwuf. There are Sufis that are in, in many different astray groups. It doesn't affect me. Our association is with the Aqeedah, number one. When we say Ahlul Sunnah, we're talking about Aqeedah. I don't care if they have mawalid and group dhikr. Our association is with the aqidah. That's our line here. Doesn't matter what method. Four madhabs, even if you mix your madhabs, which is bad. It's not a good thing. Like I pray as a maliki, I eat as a shafi, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not, that's not good. It doesn't remove you from ahl-sunnah. Our association is by the aqidah. When God says you associate with God, that which he did not send author. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, Abdus, Abdul Sultan 272, I guess Abdul is his first name and Sultan is his last name. 
Ma anzal Allahu bihi min sultan means that Allah has not sent down a clear proof of it. That's what it is. You got you worship a god, there's no proof that that's a god. That's what it means. A sultan here means clear knowledge. Hastings, RVD is from Hastings. That's England. Uh, name is Norman says, woman that is separated and not divorced, allowed to marry another man. No, it has to get the divorce first. And you have to wait the idda period too. And if the man has abandoned the wife, an imam can separate between the two and pronounce the divorce. I don't know if any imams in England or in America do that. But that is technically what can happen. Or if somebody could go ask the man, hey, did you divorce her? If he says yes, it's a divorce. What factors should we consider when selecting a madhab? The What is a madhab? A madhab is the, um, it's the judgments of a scholar about things. Now, you and me, we also do ijtihad. What ijtihad? To determine which scholar we're going to follow. So I highly recommend you listen to the biographies of the four imams, read something about their methodologies in the same way that you can pick a doctor to go to. You don't know anything about medicine, right? But you pick a doctor. You don't know about any cancer, but you can pick a, a, uh, an oncologist, right? May Allah uh, protect us all from having cancer. Same way. You, you don't know anything about cars, but you could pick the right car for you. So... Likewise, we don't know, the itch, we don't have the knowledge to make ijtihad and to determine the rules of Islam ourselves, but we can follow somebody who does know how to do that. We can, we can think and we can say, this person, what are their qualifications? Well, what is this imam? What did they say about him? For the four imams, the whole ummah accepts them. So you don't even have to think. Now you're only deciding between which of the four, okay? And you read their biographies. Which one has a methodology that you feel that inclined to? And which one his biography you love him the most by reading his biography and also be practical are there those shiuch in your area and are there those shiuch online that you could maybe take their courses online if they're not in the area one of the goals of her arc view is to offer all four methods to teach all four methods we were thinking maybe let's just limit it to the Madiki method because we don't get enough love and uh we we don't get enough traction but i said no no we'll put it for all four methods right so that you could study you could be anywhere in the world and study the method but if there's a living sheikh it's way better for example let's say you're permanently moving to turkey wouldn't it make sense to become hanafi right at least while you're there if you're permanently moving to morocco well become a maliki right it makes more sense so on and so forth but uh abu zahra the scholar abu zahra he has a wonderful book on the four imams it's very big it's like this big and I'm sure there are many, many YouTube videos you can watch about the, the biographies of the four imams. Okay. My son is at a boarding school. He's not able to pray all prayers on time. His lunch break ends. What can you do? It's Canada. Um, you have to call the principal and say, listen, my son, he identifies as Muslim. So I need you to accommodate him. If you were to tell your the same school, hey, my son identifies today, uh, every Wednesday he's a girl, right? And every third Friday of the month he's also a girl. So I, I need him to go to gym class for girls. The, the, that, that guy will say, oh, definitely, for sure. 
right? So you call him my son every day of the week. He identifies as a Muslim as he prays to pray Salat al-Dhuhr. Like, Maliki Madhab says Isra. If a man says talaq three times in one sitting, oh my, does it count as a divorce? Why would he do that? Now he's three divorces. See? It's a three times divorce. Why would you don't say it three times? Say it one time. That's it. Do not say divorce three times. It counts against you as a three times divorce. So get knowledgeable about this. I'm not saying for Isra, but in general, many people they don't understand this. They think that you have to say divorce three times. You don't. Say divorce one time. That's it. And if you say it again, you simply say, I'm emphasizing and repeating that I have divorced you. I'm reminding you. Because if you say that, then that second utterance does not count as a divorce. They're saying, I'm reminding you that I divorced you on that pa on uh, 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 just now. So that it's it's taqid and it's not a second divorce. But if you say, I divorce you, and then 10 minutes later, I divorce you, that's two. Right? Unless you explicitly say, no, I emphasize that I'm sticking with that first divorce. So divorce, only say it once. And by the way, don't even say it. Say something like, we need to separate. At least that gives you a way out, way back in. Okay, we need to spend some time apart. That's far better than saying divorce, right? So got to be educated about this stuff. Ryan, any questions? Yes. Go ahead. How do we reconcile natural explanations with angelic ones? Natural with ex with angelic. Both are true. The natural and the angelic. Both are true. It's just like someone who says, did I get what I want because of my willpower or my dua? Both. You're, because you had willpower, Allah answered your dua. Right? Naturally, sometimes there are bodily factors that make you feel so healthy and so good, like a good night's sleep, good diet. There's also dhikr that sakina comes down onto your skin and, and makes you uh, your skin soft and your and your heart tranquil. Okay. There are that if you have good family relations, it makes your heart tranquil. So that's a worldly reason and a spiritual reason. They're all true. The worldly and the natural and the uh, uh, the the we don't say natural, we say the worldly that you can see and the un, the otherworldly. Okay. They're all creations of Allah Ta'ala. Uh, Tanga says, and we, we're going to be wrapping up here. Tanga says, what's the ruling on women wearing perfume outside the masjid, outside of the masjid for, or the house, for instance, is not allowed. Anything that's going to cause men to, to look at her and to get attention is not allowed. You have recommending, recommendations for Aqidah classes. Yes. And on my arc view, we have Aqidah class, right? It, it's pretty in detail, in depth. I think we went 24 classes each class is two hours each there's probably about 48 to 50 hours of aqida classes uh on it's called key to paradise on my arc view and by the way anyone who ordered the books and they were had a delay that has been solved alhamdulillah i just got word from the team that they solved it All right what if we are hanafi but keep getting drawn to madiki scholars you become madiki yeah simple as that no problem with that at all What is a three times divorce? To say divorce, uh, your divorce, your divorce, your divorce, three times like that, it counts as a three times divorce. That means you cannot marry again until she marries another man first and then divorces from that man. And there's a whole history about it. We'll talk about it one day. Iglanton Adams says, Assalamu alaikum. I became Muslim five years ago, but I married 12 years 
and I have been gifted two boys, alhamdulillah. My husband became Muslim out of fear that, I believe, because I, I separated with him. Should I show sabr? If he became Muslim, and he's now acting as a Muslim, khair, right? Maybe one day the iman will enter his heart. It's better than breaking up the family because he did become a Muslim. So he shows how much he... Uh, but if it's just out of fear, maybe one day it'll enter his heart. If it doesn't, then his actions will reveal that. Ella White says, school's accommodating. They have a separate prayer room for the Muslim students. And they even provide suhoor and iftar. What a wonderful school. Just want to know what time is the earliest. Oh, okay. So I, he can pray at the, at the earliest time. Right, or he could pray at the end of Dhuhr, Dhuhr, and at the beginning of Asr, he can pray Asr. He can wait there five minutes and then pray. But that's only if dire need. Okay. You can well check the prayer times in your calendar, but you cannot pray Dhuhr before the time. You cannot pray Dhuhr before the time comes in, but check the prayer times. What's the difference between Fajr and Subh? In the Maliki terminology, we call the Salah is called Subh. The time is called Fajr. And the Salah is called Subh. Can you do a sessions on Al-Asma' Al-Husna? Yes, we will. This says uh, Nimra. All right, last question is going to come from Ryan from YouTube. What we what do we got from YouTube? How do you get rid of a toxic friendship without hurting the other person? And it might be a family member. How do you get rid of a toxic friendship that is a family member or a close friend maybe you slowly make excuses slowly don't it's better than creating a drama slowly without them really even realizing it slowly you know uh slowly blend just as the, the day becomes night very slowly you shift away from somebody who is a bad influence um a bad influence on you so um that's how I would do it. Allah says in the Quran, say a gentle word and move on. Right? So without them realizing it, that means sometimes you're going to hang out with them, sometimes not. Then two times you won't hang out with them and one time you will. Then three times you won't hang out with them and one time you will. Okay. Alhamdulillah. So, Adis, Jazakumullah Khairan, and uh, Tuba Sayyid, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, give you yani, what you need to be safe because he's saying his country is on the brink of a genocide we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this blessed in this blessed month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always keep us upon istiqama and let us live and die upon the deen of Islam and let us be people of the masajid for as long as we live and let us be upon humility until the day that we meet our Lord and let, let us be in a state of khushua constantly with our Lord and let Allah Ta'ala always be pleased with us. May Allah always be pleased with us and we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to remove any thoughts from our hearts that displease Him and fill our hearts with the thoughts and the dua that please Him and that He wants for us and let off, come off of our tongue the dua that He wants for us so that we may be mujabid da'wah answered in our prayers. We ask Allah Ta'ala to bless our children and all the youth of the Ummah and make Iman sweet in their hearts and make kufr and disbelief bitter and distasteful to their hearts. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the people of the Rohingyans, the Uyghurs, the Muslims in Yemen, Gaza, Sham, France, and all of the countries in which the Muslims are being pushed around, battered, abused. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to busy their enemies from them. In India, in China, 
in all these lands. May Allah busy their enemies from them and may Allah destroy them. A Philistine, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to return this ummah to ta'a, to obedience, and to return this ummah to success. Lastly, we ask that Allah make none more beloved to us than his most beloved, Sayyid al-Kawnain, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.